Desk of Lady Ada. Hey everybody, welcome to a Tuesday afternoon evening Desk of Lady Ada. Also known as the also Tuesday Massacre of I'm gonna, not. <laughs> I'm gonna kill these boards. Yeah. Gonna kill these Gerbers. Yeah, I was just gonna have a quick check in. Um, hopefully, no Windows 7 excitement. So, I was just gonna show off this tester that I've been working on. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. What do you wanna show first? Well, let's go to the overhead and I can show. My circuitry. So, um, one second. I'm really sneezy today. It's like allergy season. Oh, yeah? Okay, it's almost sneeze <laughs> in like two seconds. So, um, the circuit playground boards I have uh, finished up. So, this is the final board before the um, production run. This was a small prototype run. And this is the board I've been working on for a while. It has the SAMD chip, some SPI flash, can run Python. LEDs, two buttons, a switch, um, piezo, um, accelerometer, capacitive touch, microphone, temperature, and light. So, like, it's a smorgasbord of um, sensing and capability for wearables and projects. So, this is looking pretty good, and um, the, the hardware design is, is done. Like, definitely all the sensors and inputs work. I'm still, you know, getting all of that integrated. So, for example, you know, I have the speaker working separately and I have the microphone working separately, but I have to like see if I have to add DMA or like optimizations to make it work better. But I still want to do a developer's release where like I release it and we can work on the hardware. So tomorrow I'm going to be doing my first production run and that's when I actually get panels of PCBs. We run them on the machines and we will try to manufacture 200 of these. Um, it's a good number. Uh, it's a good number to let me know, you know, what the yield is like, um, you know, are things working, and then get enough out to people and maybe put some in the store as well, um, so we can get like really fast feedback and people playing around with these. So um, to do that, I have to design a tester. So historically, what I did for the last, you know, I made like you know 30 of these. I hand tested them. Basically, I programmed them with this jig, but then I, I uploaded an Arduino sketch and, and like played tones and I just listened to the tones and I was like, yes, those tones are cracked. Or it displayed a rainbow LEDs and I just looked at it. Um, but if you really want to, you know, do a, a large scale manufacturer, you can't just clone me. You can't have me around. You actually have to have 
um, as much of it automated as possible. So for example, when I was hand testing, um, I would use you know this remote control that I have, and I would actually like run a sketch, and I would you know press buttons on the remote and see what the circuit playground um, emitted. But I want to automate that as much as possible. Okay, can the Feather NRF52 be used with Circuit Python? I know it can run Python, but specifically, can it show up as a USB drive? It cannot because of a native USB. And there you go. Which this chip does, which is why I really like it. It shows up as a disk drive, and I think it's it's a it's a killer app. It's worth it to wait for the NRF52 840, which does have native USB, so that will be coming out. I agree. Once you, once you have something show up as a USB drive and that's how you start to do development, it's really hard to go back. Yeah. So I just thought I'd take, take a quick tour showing off this tester. Um, so the SAMD um, is, like the 324 base boards I can test actually using um, like an Arduino SAMD because I have bitbang code that allows me to program the chip. But the SAMD chip is complicated enough, I actually need a computer to program it. But instead of using a laptop or a desktop computer, I use a Raspberry Pi. And um, this is actually where I found I made a mistake. So on the back of the board, I have these two pads right here. Those are the SWD pads, SW clock and SW data. And that's what I use to program it. And I forgot while doing the layout, because I've been hand testing, that when you use the J-Link, so I've got like this J-Link. So a J-Link um, programmer can program these chips without the reset pin, but if you want to use OpenOCD, you do need to have the reset pin exposed. And I just completely, I forgot because um, all of the other boards that I've ever developed using this chip always had the reset pin on um, like a GPIO or something. So like a Feather had it broken out or a Metro had it broken out. So I forgot that. So for this version of the tester, I'm using a J-Link. Um, but what I want to do is uh, update the board. So I, I only, only have 200 or so PCBs, and next time I order the PCBs, I'll have a reset pad that I've added, and then I'll be able to program it directly from the Raspberry Pi using OpenOCD, which is really neat. Like the Raspberry Pi has these GPIOs, you can connect it to your chip, and it'll program that chip for you without needing like a, a programming dongle, which means um, you have one less thing to could go wrong or get disconnected or like over voltage or whatever. And it's also very fast because there isn't this like USB interface. It just programs the chip directly. So um, that's one of the things I learned today or yesterday as I was building this. I was like, oh shoot, I totally forgot to bring out the reset pin. So I'll do that. Um, but um, one of the neat things about microcontroller programming is that you can have it do its own self-test. So, um, Let's go to the computer and I can, I can talk about the self-test a little bit. So the self-test is written in Arduino just because I have all the example code in Arduino already. Um, and so for example, I'm still working on it, but you know, I test the switch by um, trying to pull up or pull down the pin. And because the switch, um, it should be pulled low. So even if I have a pull up, on it, it should like not register. So it, it has two options. It's not a perfect test because in theory the pad could be shorted, but it's actually pretty unlikely for that to occur. It's more likely that the switch isn't soldered in place. And so that's how I test the switch. Um, well, I've never had a problem with this switch. And then the thermistor, I actually just measure the temperature and I just make sure the temperature is between 17 and 40 Celsius. So the reason I have a range is um, when they come right out of the oven, they're a little hot. 
and sometimes if they've been in storage, they're a little cold. So um, I don't look for room temperature. I give myself like, you know, plus or minus 10 degrees, basically, uh, temperature range. Um, for the light sensor, um, I do a little trick where I do an analog reading and then I turn on the pull up on the um, pad and it should rise just a couple of, of counts, basically. Um, and that lets me know that the um, light sensor is there because, you know, you have to detect common failures. The most common failure is the, either the LED is upside down or missing, usually missing. And if it's missing, um, when you pull up the pin, it should, it should rise all the way to um, the top rail. So these are little tricks you just learn, like, oh, how do I test this thing? It's like by doing things with pull-ups and pull-downs, you can um, test whether something is connected to a pin. So I check, you know, what's the light sensor reading without a pull-up, with a pull-up, and then I just make sure that, you know, the, the, the value is higher with the pull-up, um, but not too high. Um, for the accelerometer in the middle, that's an easy thing to test. I um, uh, just try to turn on the accelerometer and then I measure um, X, Y, and Z acceleration. And because um, the tester is, is flat on the table, you know, I basically make sure that I'm only measuring, um, you know, about 9.8 meters per second per second going down. Um, so I just say like, okay, you know, it has to be between 12 and eight. You know, it gives me some range in case it's like tilted or somebody's just, just jittered it or something. And then I make sure, you know, the X and Y are less than um, three. So it basically means it's flat. And that, that test communication that the accelerometer pretty much works. Um, I also check the interrupt for the accelerometer. So whenever I do a reading, the interrupt fires, I turn that on. And so I have an interrupt pin that tells me um, when the interrupt state changed. And then I do this thing where I test the pairs of the pins. And this is kind of like a, a trick that works pretty well. What I do is I connect um, opposite pins to each other. And then I, um, you know, basically check that you know i can pull it high and pull it low and the opposite pin responds but none of the other ones do so i can um show them the overhead really fast so let me remove this test board so you can see here you know these are connected to each other so this pin and this pin are connected and then um over here you can see like this pin and this pin are connected so that's that's how i test um you know you want to have pins that are connected that are not near each other so it isn't that they're a bridge that there actually is um, a connection and then um, so the fun part is a lot of that stuff that I just showed was from the original circuit playground um, so now what I'm adding is all the extra stuff so I have to for example test infrared because infrared is one of the, the new additions that I made um, one thing I don't have to test is the capacitive touch because it's now done completely in hardware so like I don't have to test that part so I save a little bit of time um, basically, if the pad connections work, I'm good to go. So I skip that. But for IR, um, I wanted to uh, test, receive, and transmit. And one thing that I could do is I could bounce the signal off. It actually does, um, when you transmit, it does read the signal. And I was thinking, you know, maybe doing that. But for now, what I've done is I'm using... Um, the Raspberry Pi, it has the ability to do infrared receive and transmit. So for example, right here is an infrared LED that's connected up to the Raspberry Pi and I use um, Lurk, which is the Linux infrared control protocol. And I installed on the Raspberry Pi and I basically can send 
commands so I can, you know, over here I have our little um, receiver and over here I have a transmitter. So I use Python to tell the Raspberry Pi to receive and transmit infrared. So I just have a little thing here where I basically send a message and then I look for a message and I make sure that the message is a certain um, value and if it is, you know, I say IROK. And then um, the last part is I check the buttons. And so this does require human interface because there's, I mean, I guess I could connect a solenoid to the buttons, but that'd be kind of weird. So instead what I do is I um, light up this LED next to the button and then the tester person presses that button and then it lights up the other LED and it, they press that other button. And then once that's done, all the LEDs turn green and it prints out test okay. And that message is basically sent from the um, circuit playground to the Raspberry Pi, and then the Raspberry Pi is like, oh, okay, it's time for you to get reprogrammed with the final test sketch, which is here. So I just thought I'd show that off, and uh, that's kind of, and then you have some stuff you want to show off. Well, <clears throat> yeah, wanna wanted to move the tester out of the way and uh, show off the lunchbox. Would you want to do that now, or do you want me to? Test the tester. Show the tester. Oh no, test the tester. Yeah, it's just test yeah, the, only, the tester. Yeah, I only I only have. I mean, I'm, I'm only going to ask you to show a lunchbox. That's that's it. Yeah. We so have let's a go to um, let's go to the computer and I can show the I can show this happening. So for now, I, I'm using it. I'm controlling it from um, the command line. I'm SSH'd into my Raspberry Pi, but this will be completely controlled from the buttons on the Raspberry Pi going forward. So um, the program I have is called CPyM0. And um, again, normally it waits for like a button or something, but for now, I, you know, while I'm doing the testing, I, I manually run it. So to start with, it uses the J-Link to program in the circuit playground, and it's a little slow, but it's okay. And then, um, oh, it's running this test, and this test is actually failing on, um, on pin 20 here. It's because there's like one of these pogo pins is a little loose. It, so it went through and it um, it tested the switch. The switch is okay. It tested the thermistor. It said okay, the temperature is 25 degrees, so that's that's good. Thermistor okay. Light sensor test. The light sensor without a pull up is 80. With a pull up, it's 84. So that's good. Light sensor okay. Accelerometer test. Okay, so it looks for the accelerometer. It finds it, and yeah, you know the Z is about 9.8 meters per second uh, squared. X and Y is you know less than one. So the list. 3DH is okay. Um, and then it tests the pairs. It tests those, those opposite pairs of pogo pins and it finds that they seem okay. Then it um, is the Raspberry Pi, it makes the Raspberry Purple messages, says okay, it's waiting for the remote message. And then it got a message from the uh, circuit playground. And now it's sending a bunch of messages. The first one doesn't actually get read properly by the uh, circuit playground, but the second one does. And again, I'm still thinking like, if this makes sense, like I might actually just, you know, in the tester, maybe I'll have just something reflective above it and it will just send the message to itself because you can like, the um, circuit playground can do that. It can send and receive at the same time. And then, um, so it says IR is okay. All right, so now it's waiting for the left button. So then if you go to the overhead, you see that there's this white light. So when you press this, all the button, all the LEDs turn red. And then it says, okay, now um, hit the right button. You hit the right button, all the LEDs turn blue. And then when you're done, they all turn green. 
And that's when um, the circuit playground now is programmed by the Raspberry Pi to have a uh, blink sketch, which actually failed for some reason. I don't know why. Test a tester, oh no. Um, question. Yeah. For the pogo pins, um, aren't they too big for a pogo pin, the holes for a pogo pin? The pogo pins are like right next to the holes. They don't oh. go through the holes. Okay, there you go. Yeah, you, you just have to like, I just nudge them over a little bit. Um, the, there's enough conductive material. Let me go through this test again. Could you, could you test two at once facing each other? No, I think I, I prefer just to test one board at a time. Okay, so now that it, it passed tests, can you go to the um, computer real fast? And I'll just show you. So this is um, when it succeeds, it just prints out, you know, okay, test passed okay, uh, programming blink, it uses the BOSA tool, and then um, it took 26 seconds. So about 30 seconds is a good amount of time. Um, it's still failing on the BOSA upload sometimes. I'm not 100% sure why. Um, it could be this circuit playground, because I'm only testing this one, like there could be something loose or bad with it. Um, it could also be something not powered right, I'm not sure. Um, one of the things that's a little, you can design a tester and usually design a tester with like three or four boards in mind, but then you really get to tell if the tester is working when you have 200 boards. So tomorrow when we do a production run, I'm going to really get a good feel for um, the test procedure. Shout out for 10 digit precision. For the timing. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you just want to you get your Look, nanoseconds right. It matters. You know, when you add up all those nanoseconds over the course of an entire lifetime of testing, you'll it'll add up to like four or five seconds. That's, the, that's float. I mean, this is what, you know, gets returned from the Hey, look, it's life. Timing, Python timing. At the, um, at the end of my life, I'll be begging for a couple nanoseconds. You want to add those extra nanoseconds. Yeah. 32. So, um, that's that. So I do have to test still the microphone and the speaker, but... Uh, today I was play, basically playing around with the IR stuff, so that was kind of good. All right, let's go back to the overhead. We're pleased to announce, we're pleased to show, we have a lunchbox coming out. Yeah. Lady show the lunchbox. Okay, so how do you want to do this? I don't know. I mean, hold it up in front of the camera. Oh, here, yeah. I'll get you on the, uh, here you go. Look at that. That's a lunchbox. With it looks way better than Elto. I'm going to show Yeah, well, that's what I, I thought you... Yeah. I was going to give you a, a break. So you tell me when to go to that one. Yeah, go to this one. So it's like, it's metallic and shimmery. So this is like a shiny silver, and this is like a metallic blue. Yeah, it's beautiful. And this is the and, lunchbox. Yeah. <coughs> so this is our first sample, and then you can... Um, oh, while well, you're showing it off, here's some questions. Uh, someone wants to learn C++ programming for microcontrollers. What would be a good resource? Dude, if, you're, if, you're, if you want to learn C++, Arduino is the way to go because it's all C++. Okay. Yep, these lunchboxes will be in our store. We're also going to have them as part of PAX, and we're also trying to work with some companies. So kids could have packs of electronics in lunchboxes and have a lunchbox as well. This is, like, super cute because it's, like, it's perfect for storing all your parts. Mm -hmm. Anti-static. Faraday, nice and durable. They're really nice lunch boxes. The, the, the embossing is like super sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, everybody, that's it. That's what I got. So I'm gonna finish this tester <coughs> tomorrow. Maybe you'll do some live from the factory. I might try, yeah. Because you've been playing around with some things. Yes, that's right, I, I might. I have seen things, people. I might. 
I've seen some things that you would not believe. Yeah. Um, but we'll be manufacturing Circuit Playground Expresses, and with any luck, they'll be in the shop either late this week or, or mid next week, early mid next week, because yep. I wanted to get them out before um, Maker Fair, so they'll at least be in the store. We'll only probably have about like a hundred ish in the shop, with a like limit of only a couple per person, just to keep it from. I don't want like a reseller to come in and buy fifty. It's not ready for that. But we'll have them for people to play around with. It'll be developer yeah. edition. But for the folks who are in the chats frequently and, and promise to do a project, maybe we can give away some. We have the payphone we're hooking back up, so we'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely be able to give them away. Like right now, I I've I, I did make you know the thirty that I made. They've been going to partners. Actually, you know what? Do you want to just like? Do we have like? A few? No, we're we. We need to. We have to go. Yeah. But maybe next time I'll show Make Code because the people at Microsoft have been doing a lot of really cool stuff with make code to add support. So they've been getting all the extra circuit playgrounds I have. But so, um, someone wants to know what's underneath the shielding of the easy link. I guess what was easy link? The shielding of the easy link. Mm. Okay. All right, we'll see everybody on I show and tell tomorrow 7:30 okay. p.m. Eastern time and then ask an engineer at 8 p.m. We'll be announcing this uh, soon. Pimeroni is going to be on ask an engineer next week. Big deal. And uh, thank you, everyone out there in the community. Um, the world's on fire, but there's no better place and no better group of people we would rather spend it with from now and forever than all the folks who hang out. So thank you. Um, I'm staying off on Twitter in the, in the news. Yeah, tell us to off Twitter. Yeah, it's not, it's not fun. Okay. All right, I'm going to finish this tester so that we can manufacture more. I'm super excited. Um, I, still have to, I still owe the viewers a last uh, stream about PM. Yep. Microphones. I've uh, I took a break because I had to just get all this other stuff going. But that's yeah. the last piece. Also, a lot of DMA is happening. Yeah. We are. Um, and one fun thing is we can uh, play wave files um, that are stored on the um, SPI flash. So that's going to be a super fun thing. And we've we've had a lot of ideas for other uh, terribly adorable projects that we could do with Circuit Playground, thanks to the analog output and uh, DMA and fast speed of this chip. Um, all sorts of fun stuff. Okay. TV be gone for everyone. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye, everybody. Here's some music. You're on the cover of Make. 11 years. Beep, boop. Boop, beep, beep. Beep.